This is a Pain Artistry production. We are two women in academia, raising questions and breaking down perceptions from a Black point of view. Welcome to the Black Gaze Podcast. It's your girl, Dr. Porcher. And it's your girl, Dr. Bertrand. And Dr. Bertrand, we have a special edition today. Like we are just dropping everything, all of the podcasts we have planned over the next few weeks to make sure that we speak to the folks. So can you tell us what we're talking about today? Today we are talking about Black Lives Matter, period, poo, okay? Period, poo, okay. I, did you did you learn that from your daughter? Um, it's from my little cousin, Naya. She added the poo. So let me, re- let me rewind. We talking about Black Lives Matter. Period. Period. City girls. Okay, city girls. Um, we need you all to bear with us um, and know that we take this this topic very seriously, yes. but we are using this platform as a method of healing. And so we're going to insert our personalities like we always do. So just bear with us. This episode, we're going to pay homage to the OGs who have come before us and provided the blueprint for our experiences with white supremacy and uprisings in America. Today, we will highlight Dr. King, Fannie Lou Hamer, who we are respectfully going to refer to as T.T. Fannie Lou and T.T. Tony Morrison, a.k.a. T.T. Tony and Uncle Jimmy, a.k.a. James Baldwin, to really give us some wisdom about how we should be experiencing the world at this current time because they really did give us the blueprint and also to help us think about what we should be doing moving forward. But before we get into the OGs and really breaking them down, we want to provide some personal stories about our experiences with police brutality, either our personal experiences or our experiences with our family members. And so I know Dr. B knows this story, but I'm going to share it with the world and try not to break down while I'm discussing it. But last year, around this time, I received a phone call from my sister telling me that my brother, my baby brother, and for the sake of this podcast and keeping um, his his identity private, because I think that's important, his nickname is Dookie, so... We gone to don't don't you all the don't you judge don't you judge his nickname is no his name I love black people his, I love his us his nickname is Dookie. come on Dookie his nickname is Dookie because he was using the restroom and my mother was using the restroom and she was having him but he's my baby brother um and so I still call him Dookie but last year my brother was pulled over for a routine traffic stop and my sister called me literally screaming because when they stopped my brother it became a huge ordeal. I mean, Cincinnati is a relatively, I would say medium-sized city, but looking at the video, and this is how you know how traumatic it is for me, is I still have the video in my phone. And so when I saw the video of George Floyd on the ground, literally killed by a police officer with his knee in his neck, it literally took me back to the video that I have in my phone with my brother, with police. Wow. Um, men with their knees in his back. Jesus. And you can hear a young lady in the background say, is he dead? No. And so when my sister sent me that video and she's screaming and she's crying, that's the first thing I heard. But, you know, to make a long story short, my brother was born blind in one of his eyes. And when they pulled my brother over, they tased him and they tased him in his face, causing his him to start to go blind in his other eye 
And so they took my brother to jail. Um, and I have never heard such anguish. One, my mother no longer lives in the city, so she lives in another state now, and then I'm in another state. And my sister, my baby sister, is trying to handle all of this on her own. And my brother, she said when they took him, was literally bleeding from his eye, right? So it took them days to actually give him surgery on his eye where he had been tased while we're also trying to communicate to them like, hey, my brother is already blind in one eye, right? And so I'm calling the jail every single day to ask, hey, has my brother gotten any um, surgeries? We finally was able to get him surgery, but then I'm, my brother is calling me literally crying. I mean, bawling, Dr. B saying, they won't even give me the medication that the doctor said I have to take every three hours. Wow. So I'm calling every day saying, my brother needs medication. If he doesn't get his medication, this is going to get worse. So they were supposed to keep him in the unit, you know, the health unit. They end up putting my brother in general population. Wow. With a patch on his eye. So when I tell you this runs so deep for me right now, like I have not been able to participate in protests during this time because I feel like I'm extremely traumatized. All I can think yeah. about is my brother. I'm FaceTiming him every single day to say, are you okay? And he's like, I can hear the fear in his in his voice, even to this day. Now I was able to write so many letters. I, I wrote letters to the DA, to every single person that I can think about. And the only reason why they let my brother out is because I had the capital enough to say that one, it's illegal to taste someone in the face. One, two, like you all haven't given him the proper care. And it was a routine traffic stop. Like all of this caused this, right? And so the judge says at my brother's court date, Oh, you have a sister who loves you. That's why we let you out. Not the fact that you tased my what? brother. Yeah. Not the fact that you tased my brother. And he now has vision issues. Like my brother has to wear sunglasses even inside of the house. Right. That's how terrible this is. My brother hasn't gotten any compensation, any, anything for this whole experience. The fact that they did him a favor by letting him out of jail. Right. And so when I think about that moment, I think about the fact that that could have been my brother who was dead. Right. Yeah. Um, and I still have that video in my phone because it reminds me that it doesn't matter that I have a PhD that happened to my brother. And I have to relive that in my mind all the time that nothing protects you, protects you from police brutality. So I'm going to just end it there. Whew. Dr. B, if you have any stories that you want to share around police brutality, maybe it's your own personal experiences or with your family. So we can jump right into honoring our OGs today. Dang, I'm just like, dang, I don't know how we're going to get through this one. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a personal run-in with the police. I honestly believe that I um, suffer from vicarious trauma. So mm. when I see officers, I literally, um, I stiffen up. I ain't gonna lie. I Hey, you can call me what you want, but I, I always imagine myself living through the moment. And it's so crazy because I'm married to a man that's in law enforcement and mm. I still have issues. And so... I remember, and just like I walk with you with your brother um, story, I, last year, 
actually it might've been a year and a half ago. Um, my baby brother, we ain't got no nicknames. I'm trying to find joy. in this <laughs> ain't no you know, nicknames. Y'all ain't got no dookies. Y'all ain't got no dookies no, in your family. Mm-mm. If I could name him, I'm going to call him little get on my nerves. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm trying to find humor. But my brother's very charismatic. Like I, I don't know people who meet him and do not like him. Like mm-hmm. he has this charismatic appeal to him. He draws people in. So a year and a half ago, he goes into a internet cafe. I guess this is something new you know i live in the middle of nowhere so this is out in our <laughs> this is in arlington virginia where there's i guess an internet cafe where you go in and you get to use the internet and you pay a fee and Girl, i don't even and, know about that they, one now oh this number oh and my brother is high class in his mind so <laughs> this is something for the i guess this is something for the for those who think they rich rich okay so now. he goes in so he goes into the internet cafe and I assume that somebody who was already there approaches him and says, Hey, you can use, you know, I have a little bit of time left on my computer so you can go ahead and use the rest of my time. Cause I assume they didn't want to waste the time that they had and they let him use it. He goes to the computer. He's working on whatever it is that he's working on. He's actually on his lunch break from work. Mm. So he's there working the person at the front desk decided that they were going to call the police to be honest i'm trying to remember the story correctly i don't think that the person ever approached my brother before calling the police so as he's working the police roll up on him Hmm. and told him that he was stealing what internet time girl you can steal internet time so he's stealing internet time they begin he began to explain you know like this person before me was you know using it they gave me the remainder of their time when this time finishes i'm gonna go purchase my new time blah 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 they did not give him uh the capacity to explain himself so what ended up happening was they began to pull him out of the chair they escorted him out of the cafe now this is in front of everybody for some internet time for internet time, yeah. escorted him out of the cafe, and um, now he's out on the curb and put on the ground. Wow. So now you search in his pockets, you're trying to see what he has. For After- internet time. For internet time. And he he was taken away to jail. Wow. At this point, my mom found out. She went and got my brother. My brother gets home. He has bruises on him. Wow. I'm talking about like you can tell where the officer squeezed his arms. You, you can see handprints on him. All he was doing was using the internet while black. That's all he was doing. Wow. And this is what happened excessive force so again i have a husband in law enforcement i don't have an issue with police officers who are doing their job correctly i love the boys in blue when they doing it right we have friends who are police officers so i have no issue with that what i have an issue with is when we abuse the power when you are using excessive force when you're not allowing black men or anybody that's black and i say black because that's what we're talking about today and so when you're not allowing them to explain so that's my that's my personal story which is not my story it's the story of my brother but i'm my brother's keeper so i can tell the story Child, come on my brother's keeper listen shout out to our brothers and our sisters who have experienced this um but as we talked about at the beginning of the episode we're going to have a conversation as if they were here with our ogs about what they would say about this time that's happening right now in our country where literally everything is burning um, and everyone has an opinion about how black people should respond, we want to give you all the blueprint of what they said. So we're going to start with T.T. Fannie Lou, a.k.a. Fannie Lou Hamer. 
And we're going to, we would love to share some of their audio, but listen, we ain't got time to be going to jail for no copyright issues, okay? Or for anybody Look, to we be suing be, us, okay? So we're going to read. We're going to be sued while black. We're going to be sued while black, honey. So we're going to read these things. So I'm going to start with Fannie Lou Hamer, and I'm going to just title this over the next two um, snippets we're going to share with you all. It's like, folks are tired, right? So this is what she said. All of the burning and bombing that was done to us in the houses, nobody ever said too much about that and nothing was done. But let something be burned by a black man and then, my God, the flag is drenched with our blood. Because you see, so many of our ancestors was killed because we have never accepted slavery. We had to live under it, but we never wanted it. So we know that this flag is drenched with our blood. So what the young people are saying now is give us a chance to be young men respected as a man. As we know, the country was built on the backs of black people. And if we don't have it, you ain't going to have it either. That is what they are saying. And people ought to understand that. They know what they have done to us. This country is definitely sick. So Dr. B, let's chat about this a little bit. Because we've heard the stories lately, you know, people should not be looting their own communities. People should not Mm -hmm. be burning down their own communities. So let us share a few things with you. By no means do we condone the looting of businesses and communities. We do not condone that. However, we do not get to tell black people how to respond to 400 years of violence and racism upon our folks. I know that the question for us is what has pushed them to respond in this way? But I feel Mm -hmm. like an an even deeper question that we need to ask is what might push you to respond in this way? Wow. Because I know for me, my natural response is not to vandalize anybody's things, not to Mm -hmm. throw bricks at anything. But when I saw that video of my brother, honey, listen, I was ready to go to ends that I have never, like, I don't have time to sit down and write letters, honey. I was writing letters to whoever can get it. Do you hear me? So you don't know how far you will go based on the violence that you would experience. And I think it's extremely important for us not to police how people respond during this time. It's not that we condone that, but you don't know what you would do when somebody push you to the edge. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just going to take a, a moment to talk to our folks because this is the Black Gays Podcast. There are countless videos out right now that show uh, people who lack melanin actually looting stores and defacing properties. But based on the history of this country right now, the only thing that we see on TV is Black Lives Matter is causing this violence. And they're the people who are stealing from the stores. But we literally see videos of people. Like I literally watched a video on Instagram with a woman who lacks melanin picking up i mean the child got all of the clothes honey all of the shoes and the reporter says i wonder if she's an employee there now oh now i can clearly (laughs) see that the windows are burst out there's graffiti (laughs) everywhere but she's an employee picking up clothes what she gonna bring come back later listen listen we have to we gotta be honest and say like for the most part, from what I have seen it, and I haven't been out there because I told y'all I'm dealing with a lot of trauma. So me and my husband, we bailing out folks, putting our monies 
where our mouth is. So our experience is a, a little different. And I'm hoping that before this is all over, I will be able to deal with that trauma and be on the front lines with people. But from what I've seen and from our non-melanin co-conspirators, they are posting their own people, showing that these people are the people that are looting. And those are not the messages that we are seeing. Well, Dr. P, I've been on the front lines. I was in Washington, D.C. last week at the White House. I was yesterday here in my own community doing protests, and I've been on the front lines. And I do see what I'm seeing at these marches is, to be honest, yes, it's an amazing group of people out there, Black, um, non-melanated folks. But a lot of this stuff that I'm seeing, even when I look on the news when I'm out, the non-melanated folks are the ones who are doing a lot of destructive things. Those that were um, spray painting the federal buildings in D.C., those weren't Black folk doing that. Mm. That wasn't us. And then there was even yesterday, there was a video of some women, some some non-melanated women one looked like she might have had a drop of melanin. I don't know. But they were they <laughs> were spray painting a drop. I don't know. They were spray painting the Starbucks. A black woman came up to them and told them, why are you doing this? Mm. This is not what Black Lives Matter represents. This is not why we are out here in these streets. And they were like, oh, well, we have to deal with our rage and anger. What rage and anger y'all got? Mm. And I'm not trying to be funny. Thank you. Shout out to the co-conspirators. But you have to fight the battle the way that we tell you to fight the battle because it's our battle. It's ours. That's all I've had to say. But 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 listen, there is an African proverb, and I want to shout out the homie Chad who got it from the homie Adrian. You see how I did that? <laughs> I love that. I tell you, I I love it. He posted this on Facebook, and he he said that there's an African proverb, and then I had to go find it. The child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. That is what's mm. happening right now. I cannot speak for all black people. I can only give my opinion and share how I feel. And how I feel is that black people have come to the conclusion that they are not valued. They have witnessed the news. They've seen Eric Garner. They've seen Trayvon Martin. They've seen Sandra Bland. They've seen Breonna Taylor, Freddie Gray, Walter Scott, mm. um, Ahmaud Arbery. Yes. They've seen all of this happen and the list continues to go on. We we could fill up probably 50,000 t-shirts. So now they realize we don't have value. So they don't feel embraced by the village. They don't feel embraced by America. Mm. And so they don't feel embraced by their communities. So guess what they're doing? They are burning it down because now is the time that you will be able to listen to us if we set everything on, tire, on fire. If we go to your target and set it on fire, then maybe you'll listen to us. So this is that proverb right there that's residing in my spirit right now. And it's interesting because I, I do believe that there are some times where we have done it all right right we've peacefully yeah. protested we've you know done all of the things and, and this is when I, when I talk about respectability politics we've done all of the things right that has not kept us from being shot down in the street it hasn't and I think that's the conversation that we have to have and again we do not condone nor support people burning down buildings or looting. Absolutely not. But we cannot police how people who are enraged, who have experienced this for 400 years plus, we cannot police how they respond. So Dr. B, let's go to our next OG. So now let's hear from Dr. King, our our big brother. He provides context about why uprisings happen. Again, we don't want to get sued, so I'm going to read it for you. Come on now. Uh, 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says, I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Mm. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. In the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. What is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. It has failed to hear that large segments of white society is more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. Come on, Brother King. So, honey, listen, I felt that in my shot. I, I, I heard it, honey. I felt you preaching that thing down. You felt, because, honey, I thought I was on the mountaintop on that okay, one, Okay, so, so I know I'm going to step on some toes, but I can talk like this because I'm one of the people, okay? So this- Not only that, can I just say something? Because I don't want nobody listening to what you about to say and get upset. We are not having a conversation with black people in front of, of non-melanated folks. We are having a conversation with you in front of you. The Black Gays Podcast is our space. So let's keep, keep going. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, because okay. they better not come for you. Honey, unless I was, send for them. Send for them. Okay, but I'm sending for them right now. Here I go. Okay, <laughs> so we have to take the time to dress the black elite right now because mm. that those are some of the people who are pushing back and let me just say this I've had to check myself a few times as I sit in my middle class home in my middle class neighborhood before I open my mm -hmm. mouth let me think through some things so someone on Twitter said it best and please forgive me I cannot remember who said this these are not my words but we cannot talented 10th ourselves out of this Meaning our degrees, neighborhoods, and tax brackets will not save us. And Dr. Milner said that part. So how dare you talk about tearing yes. up Wakanda when we know yes. that we have not done our due diligence for the poor blacks? Do we have receipts for policies for gentrification in our cities that allow blacks to have access to new condos, townhomes, and lofts? And I'm going to talk about this very specifically because I had to go in on someone when I did a talk in Cincinnati. I grew up in Lincoln Courts and in Allure Homes in downtown Cincinnati and over the Rhine where no one would even go shop at our Kroger, okay? So if you drive through Cincinnati right now in downtown over the Rhine, You'll see townhomes. You'll see condos. I heard they're trying to even do a hockey a hockey stadium and take over the high school stadium. Mm -hmm. They kicked mm -hmm. us out of that community. They did not say, oh, there is a certain percentage that will allow black poor to actually live here and get a leg up, right? So even in these new mm -hmm. businesses that we are building, how many of us can say that I have allotted this amount of money and these amount of positions to black people? And I'm not talking about being the help. I'm not talking about being a custodian. I'm talking about getting a real position that will give them the opportunity to become a part of the middle black class. So when we talk about, hey, you y'all shouldn't be doing this and y'all need to pull yourself up by y'all bootstraps. We sound like the very thing that we're trying to dismantle. And as you can yes. see with that video with my Spellman sister and my Morehouse brother, when they snatched them out of that car, Jesus. they did not know mm. if they went to Spellman or Morehouse. They didn't they know. Didn't it doesn't protect us. And if nobody's going back to save our, the black poor, who's going to save us? 
We can't get to our spaces and be like, well, they shouldn't be out there looting our communities. Do they feel like it's their community too? And that's the conversation that we have to have with ourselves. And I have to have it with myself all the time. When I show up in wind tears, which is where I grew up, I have literally lived in almost every low income housing in Cincinnati where many of them no longer exist and they push them all into the same space. And that's wind tears. Can I honestly say that the policies that I have put in place, that the platforms that I have created are for them. And until I can say that without reservations, I don't have no space and no way to put my mouth on them. And I think we need to be conscious about how we're talking about the poor blacks in this community. This is why they're responding this way. And I'm sorry to be the one to burst our bubbles, but black bodies, they don't come back from the dead. We can rebuild Mm-mm. black buildings. We cannot rebuild black bodies. And we have to know that we have to stop sinking ourselves into the idea of capitalism, thinking that's going to work our way out of white supremacy. We have to do our work among our community members and we are going to have to listen to the poor black we're going to have to use our platforms to create space for them not condemn them for how they're responding and i'm off my soapbox let's back that up let's back that up i feel like i can say this because this is the black gaze and it is for us and this is a space where i and you have created that we can make this transparency move. Some of the black elites need to check their motives Mm. because right now I am not pleased with some of the black elites. This is not the time to capitalize off of blackness, period. If you were not black when you were attending those banquets and uh, galas and all those things, check yourself now. Now is not the time for that. This is not the time to give comments to the press saying you fighting a good fight when I didn't see you when there was no press. Mm. This is the time for you to use your platform and your resources to support your community. Mm. There are several bail funds. There are several people who need support who are really on the front lines doing this work. There are people whose jobs were destroyed from the looting that you can help sit here and help supplement some of their income. There are many things to do. You can even write letters to your elected officials and give demands. Some of y'all having protests with no demands. Y'all just having protests so that the media Honey, can come out and see come your face. On. And this is it. I've seen some crazy. No, but hold on. I've seen some extremely crazy things happening at some of these protests. When you go to protest, the purpose of that is for change. It's for freedom and liberation. It's a place for you to find healing. It's a place for you to amplify your voices. This is not a place where you sit here and pose and sit here and do things based off of the fact that you you want to be seen with those that are doing the work. If you have not done the work previously, you need to check why you want to do the work now. And if it's not because you want to make a difference in the black community, then don't come for it. Don't do mm, it. Stay home. Mm. Stay home. L- With your heels, your pearls, your, your, your MacBooks, your iPads, stay home. Entertain yourself. Ooh. I'm done. Listen, now, see, you just took us right. We might lose followers. It's, it, we might listen, lose followers. It's, it's all good because we're going to tell the truth and shame the devil. Listen. I got to be free. Listen, I got to be gonna, free. Uh, and this is where I get free. this is where we're going to get free. But let me tell you, 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 you just put us right into the space. T.T. Tony tells, tells us what we need to do for Black liberation. We believe that T.T. Tony really lays it out for us. So let us share with y'all what she said. What are you without racism? Are you any good? Are you still strong? Are you still smart? Do you still like yourself? 
If you can only be tall because somebody's on their knees, then you have a serious problem. My feeling is white people have a very, very, very serious problem. And they should start thinking about what they can do about it. Take me out of it. This is so very powerful, Dr. B, because what mm. has happened to us over the last few days, and not just the last few days, but over, I could say over my time, especially working in spaces where there are not a lot of Black people, is that can you please share with me what I have to do not to be racist anymore? And honey, let me tell you something right now. What we need from you right now is to do your own research. It is mm -hmm. not our job as Black people to teach you how to dismantle a system that you built. That's actually racist. So let's take a moment to think mm -hmm. about that. We can research how to make banana bread. We can research how to do the Dougie. We can research all type of TikTok videos that we want to create, honey. You can take some time to research the books that you can read that can teach you how to be anti-racist. It is not my job when I am sitting here grieving, trying to make sure that my brother doesn't get killed to think about how to help you think through your situation. Second thing, I need you to gather your folks. Don't sit here and tell black people how they should be doing what they should be doing. I need you to talk to the people in your family. I need you to talk to the people that we work with and tell them what they should do to dismantle white supremacy. Not me. It is not my job to then lead all of the professional developments where I know I'm going to get the bad ratings anyway. I need you to tell them what they should be doing. But what happens is we'll step up and be like, okay, we'll teach y'all when we are already having these conversations in our families all the time, at the dinner tables all the time. We're having talks with our black kids. Please don't do this. Please don't do that. When they stop you, make sure you do this. And I need you to be having those conversations with your folks. Gather your folks and get them together because we have receipts i know for a fact that if my brother is out in the street doing something he ain't got no business honey i will get your butt in here and he ain't gonna go back and forth with for me he gonna do what i tell him to do so i need you to gather your folks because ftc tony said y'all got a problem leave us out of it go ahead dr B. I'm it's funny it's funny it's funny that you said it like i'm i'm happy that i'm happy that we long-winded today no you long-winded today because i need these breaks because i mean this is triggering y'all but here's the thing anyone who knows me um my 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 non-melanated friends my co-conspirators they know my favorite line is get your people mm -hmm. i always tell them that get your people something go something pop off at work get your people get your people people heard me say this before <laughs> straight up I do not have the energy or the capacity to educate non-melanated folks right now. I don't have it. You all are going to have to get on social media, mm -hmm. get resources, and do the work. Period. Period. Okay? I had an incident um, the other day on Facebook. Uh, I posted something. A woman uh, talking about, you know, what's been happening with the George Floyd situation. Um, a woman I previously worked with actually 
um, hit up my posts and she posted back and she was like, you know, I feel so everybody knows I'm do I do voices when I talk. So please don't take this and be like, oh my gosh, she's mimicking non-melanated people. I ain't got time right now. <laughs> so she's like, you know, um, I just feel so bad and I feel so horrible because like my son, his black best friend can honestly be killed. And he was crying all night and I really don't even know what to tell him. And I, I need you to help me to explain that. Huh? You need me, the black <laughs> woman, to help you <laughs> explain how to talk to your white son about his black best friend? You, it, 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 it triggers something in me because my response, I, I try to be, I'm not lying, I try to be the light of, of the day with people. I try to give them the best of me every time I present myself. But this triggered me. So I said to her, I said, I can't help you talk to your son about his black best friend because I have to not only talk to my two daughters about what could happen to their father, but what can happen to their uncle, what could happen to their mother and what could happen to them. I can't do the work for you. The woman then hit me up in my messages on the private and said, let's take this off of the post. I really wanted to, you know, get more information, ma'am. All I can do is recommend stamp for you. The fact that you can't see that there is issues happening in the community that's impacting me and my mental state. And you want me to focus on how to soothe you. Mm. No, I can't do that. I cannot do that. Folks are going to have to do it for themselves. This is now the time when you are going to have to do them for yourselves. You say this all the time. We cannot dismantle. We are not responsible mm-hmm. for dismantling a system mm-hmm. that we did not build. We, we, we were not responsible for that. So don't put that on me. I'm not taking it and I'm not going to do it. If you really want to help, do the work. Listen, and, and I'm going to add this piece because I know people always talk about voting. And it's important. It's extremely important. It's extremely important. But let me say this. I'm going to put this out on a record so people know and don't ever come for me ever again. Not ever again. <laughs> not ever again. Not in your entire life. Okay. Can we talk about voter suppression? Why you saying that mm. we want black people to vote, right? How the voting polls in our community have been shut down. How when we go to the voting polls, we're standing in line for hours to vote. But in my community I live in, I walk right in. Why? Because they have multiple polling stations. So don't talk to me as if this is a simple solution, a very simple solution, Mm -hmm. as if white supremacy isn't the underbelly. We got to dismantle that. I need you to talk to your folks about that as opposed to just putting it on black people as the reason to solve this issue. Y'all created it. You're going to have to dismantle it. And guess what? We will come alongside you, but we can't dismantle a system we didn't build. We can't do that. You got to do that work. I'm going to say this and then we're going to move forward because this podcast can be five hours the way we feel. And this is an emotional Ooh. podcast today. But I breathe. will say this. When we talk about voter suppression and we talk about voting, we also have to remember, too, because of the fact that there's mass incarcerations, a lot of our brothers and Ugh. sisters cannot vote Come because on. they are felons. And that's another barrier that they have to cross. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to move forward because I need to get to Uncle Jimmy, Girl, honey. Tell I need us to get what to Uncle, Uncle Jimmy, Jimmy said we got to do. Tell us what Uncle Jimmy said we, we got to do. Uncle Jimmy, a.k.a. James Baldwin, he says, everybody knows no matter what, they do not know 
that they wouldn't like to be black, a black man in this country. They know that. And they shut their minds against the rest of it. The implications of being a black father or a black woman or a black son and all the implications of being involved in a human endeavor to take care of his wife, to take care of his children, to raise his children, to be men and women in the structure that is built to deny that I can be a human being or that my child can be the great question to the country is what does the Negro want? I want exactly what you want and you know what you want. I want to be left alone. I don't want any of the things that people accuse Negroes of wanting and I don't hate you. I simply want to be able to raise my children in peace and arrive at my own maturity and my own way in peace. I don't want to be defined by you. I think that you and I might be able to learn a great deal from each other if you can overcome the curtain of my color. Mm. The curtain of my color is what you use to avoid facing the facts of our common history, the facts of American life. I'm a man like you. I want to live like you. This country is mine too. I paid as much for it as you. This country is mine too. Mm. I paid as much for it as you. Mm. I can't do no more. Go ahead and talk. For real, yo. Go ahead and talk. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Go ahead. We're going to share with you all some of the stuff we want. I think Uncle Jimmy did a great job. But just simply put, um, we want y'all to stop killing us. Please. That's my plea. We want our folks to be whole in their bodies. We want to be able to be in our homes and communities and not have to worry about someone coming in our spaces and killing us. We want our colleagues who lack melanin to stop Amy Cooper in us, meaning stop lying on us so that we will lose our jobs, opportunities, our dignity, and our peace. We want to be able to be free in our bodies without people telling us how to feel, how to talk, how to dress, where to go, what to buy, what to write. Just leave us alone and let us be. We want folks to be co-conspirators. Shout out to Dr. Love, where you put your privilege on the line. Don't just post on your social media. Stand up for us in meetings, on the jobs. On the streets, when you see us pulled over, when we're protesting in our homes, give up something for us to live our lives without being killed spiritually, mentally, and or physically. That's all I got, Dr. B. I ain't got nothing. Um, so we're going to try to end with our little segments <laughs> that we normally end with. Bear with us. Um, Dr. B, what you reading, though? What, what you reading? child because i'm over here struggling what you reading (sighs) what you reading um um hold on (laughs) um (laughs) you know i i think this is crazy because we really did a good job we got through it right 
But it hit me when you said, and he said, I don't just want to be left alone. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I know I'm hurting because I think that's what people want. That's it. Ooh. All right. Let's. Mm. All right. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But hold on. Wait, pause. But I think it's important. We ain't going to do it. We ain't going to do it. But I think it's important because he said, and I don't hate you. I don't. I really don't. I just want to be able to be me. With my extraness, just let me be. Oh, God. I got two kids and a husband. All I want them to do is be able to thrive. We talked about surviving versus thriving. I just want them to have opportunities. We've been fighting this since they brought us over here. 1619. We've been fighting this forever. Child, you talk about, like, I got 511 nieces and nephews. You know I got a big family and I cannot. I just want them to be free. Leave them alone. But you know what's crazy is I don't think anybody, even today, like I'm looking back in history, I don't think people truly know what it means to be free. Mm -hmm. Because going back to Fannie Lou Hamer, none of us are free until all of us are free. So none of us know what freedom tastes like because none of us, all of us ain't free. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I got to plea with you. Just let it be. Leave us alone. Let us grow and develop. I won't, and that's the problem. When I see racism exists, it doesn't come from us. And, and this goes into my book. My book is uh, How to Be Anti-Racist by Dr. Ibram Kendi. And in there, he explains what racism is. And he talks about how you have to have power and privilege to be racist. Mm-hmm. We don't have that as Black people because of the way the system was designed and to a certain extent. So therefore, when you're sitting here targeting us and you're sitting here giving us racism and all these other things, and I'm probably all talking crazy because I'm an emotional mess right now. But when you're sitting here targeting us, we're still trying to love and connect. We're still trying to get through. When I walk outside to my white neighbors, I still sit here and keep my head up. I don't be like, F y'all. Oh, y'all this, y'all that. I don't come with hostility. So we we don't hate you. We just want to live. Damn, can we be free yet? That's it. (sighs) Go ahead. I can't. What you reading now? Right now, I am reading Dr. April Baker Bell's (sighs) book, um, Linguistic Justice, Black Language, Literacy, Identity, and Pedagogy. And I'm loving this book so much. I haven't been able to really, I thought I was going to be able to read it in one sitting, but the way life is set up right now, I'm in a state of delirium. Um, but in reading it, I, I just I just love it so much because the one thing we've stayed true to on this podcast is speaking in our mother tongue, elevating Black mm-hmm. language, um, not trying to be mm-hmm. politically correct. And I appreciate that about you. I thank you for doing that with me. But this book is just amazing. It just elevates Black language as it should be centered in our idea of you know, standard white mainstream language is a replication of white supremacy. I'm going to give you all a better update when I'm not like sobbing about the book so far, but it has been absolutely amazing. And I'm teaching a grammar course this, uh, this um, fall, and I cannot wait to integrate it. All right. Our last segments, and we going to be up out of here is, um, we see you, um, or I see you. And no, you say we because you got 50, 11 people. <laughs> Why don't you go first? Because you only got one. Who do you see? Go first. Okay, let me get myself together. Hold on, let me blow my nose. 
Lord, Jesus, Lord, the Lord knows on the podcast. I'm sorry, this, I'm sorry, this, this took me places I ain't expect to go today. I, yo, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I for the I see you. I see my cousin Tracy McKeever. Mm. She is, um, she has a job. I think she worked at like NPR. I don't know where my cousin worked at child, but she is an activist. Mm. When I tell you she takes the work to the streets, that's what she does. Um, we were raised together. Um, she's older than me. So we were raised together for, you know, a little bit. Um, we grew up in the same house and I always followed her. I always wanted to do what she did. And I always wanted to like, she used to dress so cute and I would try to fit in her clothes and I would follow, you know, just everything everything that she did. And so she's been doing work in the streets. Um, when it comes to protests, that's what she does. She has a son that's like nine years old. She's been taking him out there since he was a baby. Mm. Like he has become the face of the original Black Lives Matter. Like somebody did a mural. Mm. When it first started of him, like that's how deep they are in the protest world. And so um, the other day I told you all earlier, I went to, to um, D.C. and I was at the White House um, and she had called me before. It's so crazy because we don't even talk on the phone like that. But she called me um, on my way and she was just like, I'm so proud of you. And I took my mama too, y'all. Come on, mama. It was funny because my mama- no, I'm, like, I'm wearing a mask. I ain't coming out here to be seen. <laughs> you know, my mama is so angry. I love that lady. Yo. She crazy as hell. But um, <laughs> Lord forgive me, but she is. But uh, she called me and she was just encouraging me and giving me just like, you know, when you go out there, I'm so proud of you. And make sure you take pictures of the signs and make sure like she was giving me like the, the 101 on protesting, mm-hmm. right? And this is the work that she does. She doesn't just sit at home and complain or talk about what people should be doing she does it she leads by example so when it comes to i see you i see my cousin tracy mckeever i love you boo boo so as dr bertrand said i have 50 11 people all the time but i just want to love on people thank you you can yeah you can love on them through text messages okay anyway i see you dr (laughs) terry watson you don't know me personally. Um, I met you once at Yoli's birthday party, but you are my auntie and my mentor, and you don't even know it. And I follow you. Yo, she, she is fire, and she. But she, I follow her on Twitter. I'm like, yes, yes she's fire. <laughs> but one thing that um, the reason why I want to shout her out today is because you know both you and I, are, me newly minting, and you. This is your third year. We're in tenure track positions, and we have to be honest and transparent and say that we. We have private conversations all the time about like, oh my goodness, this Black Gays podcast and we're elevating Black voices mm-hmm. and we're telling the truth. You know, is this going to keep us from um, getting tenure? And she said something or she tweeted something that really just let me know that we're on the right path. She said, if you are not using your position, privilege and power to speak out against the violence in our communities and the disregard of Black lives, then you should not be in the academy. Full stop. And when she said that, I said, yes, Dr. B and I are doing the right thing. We will not cower. We will tell the truth. We will use our platforms and our privilege to make sure that we elevate Black voices and Black experiences. So I just want to say, Dr. Terry Watson, I see you. And I also want to say privately, girl, but not privately, all on the podcast is, my dad's last name is Watson. And I don't really know his folks like that, but maybe you my cousin or auntie or somebody in real life. 
Hey, girl. Shame. Shame. Move to the next person. Shame. Hi. And the last. Y'all give me joy. And the last person I see is Miss Tracy Amanda Washington. And my dear friend, we go back to teacher's college days when we walked into our orientation and we were the only two black people there. And we looked each other in the eye and we walked up to each other, hugged each other and said, we are now going to be friends. She is about black liberation. She's from New Orleans. And I want to shout out the fact that her and her um, friends, her close girlfriends have created a Sankofa sister circle. When I tell you they are about black liberation, they gather to celebrate black life. They do healing circles and all types of things to ensure that black women are liberated. And I aspire, even though I have that with you, Dr. B, and we're in two different places, I aspire to have that type of black community here. And I just want to say that I see you. Thank you for reminding me that I can live and exist within the black gaze. I love you deeply, Miss Tracy Amanda Washington. I see you. Well, y'all, it has been a, a moment for us. Thank you for oh, for going, rocking with us on this special edition, um, Black Lives Matter, period. Um, letting us cry. Letting us cry. <laughs> Let us laugh, get upset, frustrated. But this is for oh, the so building up of our Black community for and for the kingdom. And I feel good. I feel free. I feel a, I little, feel bit free of, I feel a little bit of release in my spirit. I do. We hope that you all will continue to follow us, even if this challenged you. Um, give us a rating. Um, subscribe. We're on all podcast platforms. Um, and just talk to us. We are here for challenges, even if you have challenges, because we're all working through this. Um, we love y'all. Thank you for the support. I know it's been a long time, but we got to go. It's your girl, Dr. Porcher. And it's your girl, Dr. Bertrand. And we, we out. out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is a Queen Artistry 